The title of my message tonight is a continuation of last week. It is entitled, The Discipline of Darkness, Part 2, Trusting God When the Lights Go Out. How many of you know if there were ever a time to trust in the Lord, it's when the lights go out, amen? If there were ever a time we needed to remember our song like we learned last week, if there were ever a time we needed to trust in God and take hold of His hand, it's when darkness seems to cover our life. It's when darkness tries to descend upon our home, tries to descend upon our hearts, upon our marriage, upon our finances, our family, or any other area of our life. If there was ever a time we needed to acknowledge the presence of God in our life, it's when the lights go out. Amen. Let's pray before we enter into the Word of the Lord. Father God, once again, I'm the first to admit there's no place that I would rather be than right here in Your love, Father God. Right here in Your presence. Right here, Father God, in Your dwelling place. Just right here where You have a word and a blessing for Your people, God. And I pray that You would anoint my mind, anoint my body, anoint my lips, God. I can't do this on my own, and if I could, I wouldn't want to. I confess my need for You this evening, God, to bring forth the words that You have placed upon my heart. I pray that You would come against every distraction, every hindering spirit, the the struggles and the troubles of the day and of the week, Father God. Give Your people ears to hear and hearts to listen, Father God. Help us to receive everything that you have for us, God, so that when we leave here this evening, we can once again say it was good to be in the house of the Lord. We give you the praise for who you are. We just magnify and glorify your name, God, and invite you to be be part of everything that takes place here this evening. And once again, all of God's people said, Amen. You can be seated. I've taken the title of my message from... Uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 50, but I'm going to start out with Proverbs 3, verse 5, which says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all of your ways, and He will direct your path. Didn't say He might direct your path, and possible that He would direct your path. The Word of God tells me that when I acknowledge Him in all of my ways, He will direct my path. Don't lean on your own understanding, Solomon was saying here. Don't lean on your own reasoning. Don't lean on your own intellect. Because the reality is, spiritual darkness in our own mind, church, rarely makes sense. You see, when you find yourself in deep darkness, your own mind can't, can't always fathom the reason for the darkness or comprehend what God's trying to do in the darkness. It's, uh, d- darkness is a difficult thing for us to figure out, and it's a difficult thing for us to fathom. It's a difficult thing for us to comprehend. Why in the world would I be in this place of darkness? And it's exactly why the wisest man recorded in Scripture said, Lean not on your own understanding but rather acknowledge Him in all of your ways, in the darkness of your ways, in the suffering of your ways, in the trials and the tribulations of life. Acknowledge Him in all of your ways, and He will direct your path. How many of you want God to direct your path? Especially in a time of darkness, then we must learn to trust in Him. Amen? 
I want to teach us something this evening. I've got five points that I'd like to make, and if the Holy Spirit prods me quickly enough, I'll get there. If I don't, we'll do it another week. Amen? I might get shouty. I might get jumpy. I don't know. But I I don't want any of that to get in the way of what the Holy Spirit wants us to learn this evening. And the Holy Spirit wants to teach us something. David said, and that is to trust in Him, especially when the lights go out in our life. David said, do not put your trust in princes or put your trust in mortal men who cannot save you in your time of trouble. Who cannot rescue you when the lights go out. Who cannot save you from your sadness and your sorrow. Do not put your trust in princes or in mortal men because they cannot save you, church. He said, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but I will trust in the name of the Lord I will trust in the name of the Lord. You see, David learned by experience that there was one name that he could trust in, and that was the name of Jehovah. When darkness descended upon his life, when he found himself pressed in on every side, when the enemy was closed in around about him, David understood and learned that there was one person that he could put his trust in, and that was in the Lord God Almighty. You see, the reality is there's only one person that can sustain us in the darkness of our life. There's only one person that can sustain us in our wilderness or in our desert situations. And there's only one person that can bring us out of darkness into His glorious light, and that is Jehovah God. It's Jesus Christ, the Son of God, church. There's one person that we can count on and depend upon when we find ourselves in darkness, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? You see, the reality is, or the sad reality is, today and always, church, there's individual who will put individuals who will put their trust in princes. There's individuals who will put their trust in priests. There's individuals who will put their trusts in or trust in politicians and even in presidents, church. Some put their trust in policies. Some put their trust in politics. Some put their trust in in power or popularity or prestige in order to see them through the darkness of their life or to see them through times of trial and tribulation. But once again, David said, I don't care who you trust. I will trust in the Lord. I'm not going to put my trust in mortal man, especially when the lights go out, because when the lights go out, mortal man can't see. When the lights go out, you, you can't put your trust in chariots and horses because they won't know the left from the right. They won't know up from down. They won't know heads from tails. It's why when darkness descends upon our life, there's one person that we can put our trust in, and that's the one who can see in the dark, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when you find yourself in darkness and you can't even see the front or the palm of your hand, you need to trust in God. Because He is El Roi, the God who sees. When you can't see, God sees. When mortal man can't see, God sees. God sees everything, amen? Even when the lights go out. And this is who we must put our trust in, amen? And this is what the Holy Spirit wants us to learn. We must learn to trust in God, because God's the only one that can direct our path when the lights go out, amen? He's the only one who can bring us out of darkness, like I said. Please understand, in darkness, our thoughts can deceive us. Our mortal minds can play tricks on us when the lights go out, amen? They can mislead us, church. I don't know if you watched the show. I've only seen it a couple times. 
It's I forget what it's called, but I think it's called pitch black. And it's about these individuals that are put into a room where everything is pitch black and the entire episode is filmed with uh, night vision goggles and they're run through courses and they got to touch things and they got to do things and sound and noises are going on in the room. They're in pitch black and it's amazing to see how they respond when they're in pitch black. It could be nothing but a little fuzzy bear that they touch and they freak out. Because your mind plays tricks on you when you find yourself in darkness. Your mind can deceive you. Your mind can mislead you, especially when the lights go out. And it's why the wisest man in Scripture said, lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own reasoning. Lean not on your own wisdom. Here was the wisest man in Scripture. And he learned that he could not, when darkness descended upon his life, he learned that he could not trust in his own wisdom. He could not trust in his own intellect. He could not trust in his own uh, knowledge. He had to trust in God. And so do you and I. Amen. Please understand, in the darkness, our thoughts can corrupt us and they can confuse us. You've been there. When the lights go out, if we don't trust in God, church, our thoughts can confuse us. Our thoughts can even corrupt us, church. In darkness, our thoughts can lead us farther astray. But when we acknowledge God's presence in the darkness... When we acknowledge God's presence in the midst of our trials and our tribulations, when we acknowledge God's presence in the midst of our storms or our sadness or our sickness or our sorrow, church, He will show us the way. You see, there is a way out of depression. There is a way out of sickness. There is a way out of fear. There is a way out of frustration. There is a way out of anger. There is a way out of lust. There is a way out of all of these things that the devil would try to bring into your life, church. And the only one that can show us the way is the light of life. Amen? And it's why we must put our trust in Him. He's the only one that can sustain us in darkness. He's the only one that can strengthen us in darkness. And He's the only one that can show us the way. I've taken my title, like I said, from Isaiah chapter 50, verse 10, where it says, Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of His servant? Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on His God. I don't think Scripture can make it any more plain as to who we should trust in when the lights go out. I don't think Scripture can make it any more obvious to us as to who we should trust in and lean on when the lights go out in our life, church. And that's the title of my message. The Discipline of Darkness, Part 2, Trusting God When the Lights Go Out. One of the first things out of five we need to learn from Isaiah 50.10 is that those, and I'll say it a couple times, those of greatest devotion may be the ones who know the deepest of darkness. Those of greatest devotion may be the ones who know the deepest of darkness. Because the truth is, even those who walk closely with God will experience times of darkness in their life. Even those who are fully committed to God, even the faithful will often walk in the ways of darkness, church. Those who fear him, according to this passage of Scripture, those who obey him, those who obey him and those who serve him are not exempt from the day of darkness that might descend upon their life. 
Because the Word of God tells me that many are the afflictions of the righteous. Of whom? The righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Listen, if you're living according to a doctrine that says all of Christianity is a bed of roses, you're living or listening to the wrong doctrine. Because the Word of God tells me that many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the trials and many are the tribulations and many are the days of darkness for the righteous, church. But it doesn't end there. It goes on and said, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Amen. The Lord delivers who out of them all? He delivers the righteous. Please understand, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers the righteous out of them all. You see, there's a catch there. If you're not living for God, if you're not living right, if you're living in sin and darkness descends upon your life, guess what? The light of glory is not going to shine on your life. The reality is, unless we're living for God, unless we're living according to His Word, unless we're walking in His ways and not our own, unless we're doing what's right in His eyes instead of our eyes, He will not lead us out of darkness. He will not deliver us from all of the trials and the tribulations that come into our life. He delivers the righteous out of them all. You see, there's a lot of individuals that like to claim that, but they're not living for Jesus. They're not walking in His ways. They're doing what's right in their own eyes. They're living contrary to the Word of God. They're living in sin, living in rebellion. And they're wondering why God's not delivering them in their time of need. He's wondering why the throne room of grace isn't responding to their cries and responding to their wails. It's because they're not living according to the Word of the Lord, church. But when we're doing what's right in the eyes of God... God will deliver us from the days of darkness and from all the things that descend upon our life. But but the point that I'm trying to make is that just because we're righteous, just because we love God, just because we serve God, just because we read the Bible, just because we come to church, just because we are in love with the Father does not mean we are exempt from the darkness of days. It does not mean... That, that, that the road that we walk on will be littered with rose petals. It means that there will be rough times and rough days. It means that there will be trials and tribulations that come upon our life, church. But God will deliver us from them all. Please understand, just because you have darkness in your life doesn't mean you have sin in your life. Yes, the reality is that sometimes when we are living a sinful life, God will allow darkness to descend upon us. But that's not the theology I'm teaching tonight. What I'm teaching us tonight is just because you have darkness in your life doesn't mean you have sin in your life. The reality is darkness is not unusual for God's saints. Because the Word of God said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. As a matter of fact, if you've never gone through affliction... If you've never gone through a trial or tribulation, if you've never faced a storm, you've never faced sadness, you've never faced sorrow, I think you need to examine your life. I think you need to examine your relationship with the Lord because the Word of God tells me that many are the afflictions of the righteous. And if I've never gone through the fire, and I've never gone through the flood, and I've never found myself in a lion's den, church, I've got to ask if I am truly the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. I've got to ask myself, 
If I'm in right relationship with Jesus, if I'm abiding in Him, and if He's abiding in me, church, because the reality is the righteous will experience heartache and headache in their life. Without the test, there's no testimony. Without the struggle, there's no song like I talked about last week. And listen, listen, we learned last week that unless, you, unless you've gone through the darkness, you can't sing the song that God has written for you. So that's why I'm saying if you don't have a song, you've not been through the darkness. You've not learned what God wants you to learn. It means that you're spiritually immature and you need to, you need to allow God to do what He wants to do in your life. I don't want to re-preach last week. But without the struggle, there is no song. 1 Peter 4.12, Peter said, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange is happening to you. You see, I picture this like I would picture now. I picture Peter having a bunch of his brethren come up to him. Peter, Peter, what's going on? What's happening in my life? (laughs) There's this cloud following me wherever I go, Peter. How do I get away? And that's the way we are sometimes. We think it's strange that these things are happening to us. We think it's strange when the bank account is empty. Oh, I'm on fire for God. Why is my bank account empty? Oh, I'm happy in Jesus. Why am I sick? We think it's strange when a fiery ordeal comes into our life. But according to the Word of God, it is to test us. It is to try us. It is to make us like gold. It is to burn away the chaff and burn away the dross so that the only thing that's left is the mirror image of Jesus Christ in our life. But so often... We act as though something strange is happening to us when darkness descends upon our life. But it's not strange. It's part of God's process in our life, church. And this is what we need to understand. It is part of the discipline of darkness. Sad reality is most of us don't want to go through the darkness. So we're undisciplined in our faith. Please understand that. If you've never gone through darkness... You're an undisciplined Christian because there's all, there, there's certain things you can only learn when God takes you through the darkness. There's there, there's certain things you can learn and are revealed to you when God takes you into the darkness and the individual that refuses to go through the darkness. In my opinion, and according to Scripture, they're undisciplined. There is a discipline of darkness that every single one of us must learn, church. And until we learn it, God can't use us. Until we learn it, there's no testimony. Until we learn it, there's no song that we can sing in the light that will have impact over the jailer and his family and the surrounding community like we talked about last week. Amen? We need to be willing to allow God to take us into the darkness. And when He does, we must trust Him, church. Don't be surprised when darkness descends upon our life. Sometimes the devil stirs up a storm in our life. Sometimes the devil is the one that brings darkness into our life. 
But regardless of where the darkness comes from, our response should be exactly the same. Whether God covers us in darkness, whether God covers our cage, or whether the devil stirs up a storm and brings dark clouds into our life, in the middle of it all, our words must be the same. I will trust in God! I will trust in God no matter what comes my way. That is the sign of a disciplined saint who knows how to act when they find themselves in the depths of darkness, church. It's a disciplined saint. And that's what we're trying to understand. I told you I wasn't wanting to teach you. I wasn't going to get all shouty, but here I am getting all shouty. The truth is, no matter how closely we walk with God, it's not always sweetness and sunlight. It's not always rosy and bright, church. Thousands of saints who love God with all of their heart have been plunged into darkness some point in their life, including you and me. Some of you might be there right now. Some of you might be coming out of a a, a deep day or a deep night of darkness, church. But what we need to learn in the midst of our darkness is how to trust in God. Amen? Because He's the only one that can sustain you. The only one that can see you through. Listen, Job, the most godly man on the earth at this time, said this, He has fenced up my way that I cannot pass, and He has set darkness in my paths. Plural. Here's Job. You know the story, and I'm not going to preach it all. The most righteous man on earth. He's not filled with sin. The most righteous man on earth. And he said, darkness fills my paths. Everywhere I turn, there's darkness. Everywhere I step, there's darkness. Go this way, there's darkness. Go this way, there's darkness. Go that way, there's darkness. Look this way, there's darkness. Look that way, there's darkness. How many ever been there? You've been in that place of darkness where, where you can't tell up from down. You can't tell inside from out. Everywhere I go, there's darkness. The most righteous man on the face of the earth, church, had no sin in his life and and darkness descended upon his life. But in the midst of it, we learned it on Sunday when Brother Gann preached. Naked I came into the world and naked I shall go. Whether I got darkness here and darkness there, darkness here and darkness there, blessed be the name of the Lord. He was disciplined. He understood the discipline of darkness. And we've got to learn to be able to say the same thing. Whether God brings darkness on our life or the devil brings darkness on our life, we've got to be able to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. When we're able to say that, It means that we have become disciplined in darkness. How many of you want to learn? Be disciplined in the darkness. Then these are are some of the things we need to learn. That just because darkness is in my life doesn't mean that my life is filled with sin. The devil might try to tell you that. Your neighbor might try to tell you that. Your wife, your spouse, your kids, someone else might try to tell you that. Just like they tried to tell Job, which I'll get at in just a minute. But you need to understand tonight that just because you have darkness in your life doesn't mean your life is filled with with sin. It means that God is trying to do something. Habakkuk, prophet, 
great man of God. How long, O Lord, shall I cry and you will not hear? I cry out to you, but the heavens are like brass and covered in darkness. Here's another man of God who's crying out. And it's like the heavens are brass and his prayers just echo right back. They can't break through. His life just seems to be filled with darkness. I know some of you have been there. I've been there. There's times in our life when we cry out to God. God! Like Jesus Himself. Lord, Father, Father! Why have You forsaken me? And the heavens were like brass. They were dark as dark could be. And all of the cries bounced up and came right back down. Jesus Himself had to learn the discipline of darkness. When He kneeled down in the Garden of Gethsemane and the darkness of of His his day fell upon His heart. And He said, if there's any way this day of darkness, this cup of suffering can pass from my lips, let it be. But nevertheless, He said, Father, not my will, but Thy will be done. Even in the darkness of Golgotha's hill. Even in the darkness of death. And this is what the discipline of darkness is all about. It's all about, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. And I trust in you. And I trust in you. Jesus endured the cross. Why? Yes, because He loved us. But ultimately, because He trusted His Father. And the same thing goes for us. The same thing goes for every disciple that I've talked to you about. Even Paul himself put his trust in God, church. Paul said, we are troubled on every side. Yet we're not distressed. We're perplexed. But we're not in despair. We're persecuted. But we're not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. Listen to me. I'm going to look at two parts of this passage. Paul's life. The greatest apostle. The greatest writer in the New Testament. His life was filled with trial and tribulation and trouble. It was filled with heartache and storm and shipwreck. It was filled, church, with trouble. He was perplexed. He was persecuted. And he was cast down. But he trusted in God whenever the lights went out. And he makes it clear who his trust was in. We're troubled on every side, yet I'm not distressed. I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I'm persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. I'm cast down, but I'm not destroyed. Why? Because he did not put his trust in princes. Because he did not put his trust in mortal man. Because he did not put his trust in horses or chariots. He didn't put his trust in anyone except God. And that's why he could say what he said. And until we learn the discipline of darkness, we cannot say this either. But when you learn the discipline of darkness, you can speak those same words. I'm troubled on every side, but I'm not filled with distress. I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I'm persecuted, but I know He hasn't forsaken me. I'm cast down, but I'm going to keep on going because I'm not destroyed. Because I put my trust in God. 
That's what the discipline of darkness is all about. Amen. If you were here on Sunday when Pastor Gann brought, I believe I thought it was a powerful and anointed message, and I thought it was timely as well. I leaned over to my wife as soon as he started preaching, and I said, "Well, half of his half of his message preached my message last Wednesday, and he just finished my message for this Wednesday too." But it was a confirmation to me that my heart was in the right place. And I went to, uh, we had uh, family over for dinner that same exact day, right after that message, right after I'd been studying all this, asked, the, asked my family, how was church, the church they went to down, just down the street, Trinity, Assembly of God, how was the message? And they told me what the message was, and it was exactly the same thing that Brother Gann preached. There is a season, listen to me, what I'm telling you is that there is a word that God wants us to hear for right now. And that is for us to learn how to be disciplined when darkness descends upon our life. I know we want it to be all happy and and shouty and jumpy and dancey. But the reality is many are the afflictions of the righteous. And there's too many people in the house of God that don't know how to live in the dark. They don't know how to survive. They don't know how to endure. They don't know how to look up when the lights go out. Because they're putting their trust in the wrong places. I don't know if that was a confirmation that there's a deep darkness coming on the land. I don't know. I just know for me, it was a confirmation that I was right on with God. In my prayer life, my study life, and my preaching life. That there was a word that God wants us to hear. And I believe with all of my heart that we need to hear this word. And if you don't believe it, I believe it for me. Amen? But I believe that you're receiving it as well. But Pastor Gann preached a word. The very same thing. He taught us that darkness was not necessarily a sign of sin in our life. Good Lord, it's already quarter after. And I'm only on page two. Woo! And I got five pages. So, Holy Spirit, you guide me. You tell me where to leave off and what to let loose. But he taught us that darkness was not necessarily a sign of sin. Job was afflicted with a darkness that most of us can't even comprehend. He was afflicted with a darkness that descended upon his life that we can't even, we can't even imagine. The depths of despair and the depths of darkness that he went through. It's a darkness that most, we won't even come close to experiencing in our life. The darkness that he went through. And yet God himself said, there is none like him on all the earth. He's a perfect man, an upright man, and one that fears God. I know it doesn't make sense, church. I know we can't figure out why God would allow such a darkness to descend upon anyone's life, let alone ours. You see, when we find ourselves in a dark place, we don't necessarily, we don't really care about Job, what Job went through. We don't care what a neighbor went through. We don't care what anybody else went through. When we're going through our time of darkness, we care about what we're going through. Amen? And it's why God speaks to us. Trust in. It's why we got to go back to those words. Do not lean on your own understanding. Because when the lights go out in your life, you're not going to be able to figure it all out. Why? Because His ways are higher than our ways and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. As high as the heaven is above the earth, are His thoughts and His ways higher than our thoughts and our ways. We can't figure out the plan of God, but we can put our trust in Him. Amen? And this is what He's trying to teach us in this discipline of darkness, to trust in God. 
I know it doesn't make sense, but it's exactly why in the times of darkness we've got to put our trust in God. We have to lean on Him and we have to trust in Him. Amen? Which leads me to point two. I've got five points, like I said, but I'm on point two. Be careful who you listen to when the lights go out. Be careful who you listen to when the lights go out. Be careful who you give ear to. Be careful whose words are allowed access to your life when darkness descends upon your life. Be careful who you allow to speak into your marriage when your marriage is broken. Be careful who you allow to speak into your children when your children are lost. Be careful who you allow to speak into your household or speak into your heart, especially when the lights go out. Because in Job 13.3, he said that the silence of his friends would have been of more comfort than their words. He said that the silence of his friends would have been of more comfort than their words. Get this, in the deepest time of need, his three closest friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, which we learned on Sunday, all spoke foolishness into his life instead of a word to the weary. And how many of you know Job was weary? He just lost everything that he had, and he was weary. And here he has three friends that spoke foolishness into the life of a weary man. They spoke death instead of life. They spoke condemnation instead of comfort. They spoke curses instead of blessing. They heaped hurt onto his life instead of offering hope. So be careful who you listen to, and be careful who you lean on when the lights go out in your life. In Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, Isaiah said this, The Sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. I'm going to read it again because to me that's one of the most powerful passages in Scripture. The Sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He's given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that gives life, to know the word that builds up, to know the word that sets someone free, to know the word that blesses and encourages those who are afflicted, church. He has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary, the word that gives hope to the hopeless. It gives blessings to the broken. That gives faith to the feeble church. But unfortunately, Job's friends did not have a well-instructed tongue. You see, there's a lot of individuals that will come into your life when the lights go out and they don't have a well-instructed tongue because they don't have a, they don't have a well-tuned heart. You need to be careful who you listen to when the lights go out in your life because there will be some ill or or uninstructed tongues that begin to speak into your life and over your life. Do not ever allow an ill-tuned heart to speak a single word into your life of darkness. Please understand what I mean by that. And if they do, don't listen to it. 
If an individual comes into your life and their heart is ill-tuned, if they're not in tune with God, if they're not walking according to the Spirit, if they're walking in their own ways instead of the ways of God, if they're not consecrated to God and and committed to God and devoted to God, they do not have a well-instructed tongue. And the words that they speak into your life will do more damage than good. So you need to guard your heart and you need to guard your mind and you need to make sure that the spirit that's speaking into your life is the spirit of God and not the spirit of man. Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar did not have a well-instructed tongue because they weren't in tune with the Holy Ghost. They weren't in tune with the Holy Spirit, church. Please understand me. There's two sides to this story. Unless you're well in tune with God, you better keep your mouth shut before you speak into someone's life because you could do more damage than good. And when you receive a word in your life, you better make sure that it is coming from a well-tuned heart because an ill-instructed tongue can cause you damage instead of good. I hope you're receiving. I'm not saying that in any condemning way to anybody. I'm just saying this is truth that we must cling to. We've got to be careful who we allow to speak into our life when the lights go off. Because listen to me, there will always be an Eliphaz come knocking on the door when you find yourself in darkness. There will always be a Zophar that wants to get up in your business. There will always be a Bildad that says, Thus saith the Lord into your life. You better be careful who you let speak into your life. Bildad, Zophar, and Eliphaz were as far away from the will of God as they could be when it came to the words they spoke. I don't know why I'm getting so excited about this, God. But we need to understand on both sides of that, we must be well-tuned with the Holy Spirit. It's why so often, sometimes, listen to me, sometimes I don't like when people rush to the altar and i got to immediately speak a prayer. I gotta make sure my I gotta make sure my tongue is tuned. I gotta make sure my heart is tuned because I want to hear the word of God before I speak the word of man. Because my words can't set you free. My wisdom can't release you. But if I allow the, the Holy Spirit to tune my heart. And touch my tongue. Then I know that I can speak a word to who? To the weary. Instead of wearying them more. And I'm going to stop here because it's already 20 after. Instead of speaking a word of life and hope to the weary. Listen to me. We can cause them to grow even more weary. We have to understand, church, the importance of the discipline of darkness. We have to be careful who we listen to when the lights go out. Here, I'm going to do one more before I close. You got five more minutes? I'm going to do one one more. Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Trust in the name of the Lord. What's the name of the Lord? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. David said, 
I will trust in the name of the Lord. I will trust in the name of the Lord. And it's exactly what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to trust in the name of the Lord because the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Again, that the who that the righteous can run into and be safe, church. When darkness descends upon your life, I want you to understand that the righteous have a place to run to. And it is the name of Jesus Christ. We can run into the the name and into the presence of Jesus Christ. The name of the Lord is a fortified tower, the Bible says. Fortified tower means that it is wrapped with the army of God. It means that when we hide ourselves in Christ, that the military forces of of the kingdom of God surround us. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. It is a fortified name. It's a fortified tower that nothing can get into, church. So when you find yourself in darkness, who do you run to? You run to the Lord. You trust in the name of Jesus like David said, because David knew that if I could just come into his presence, if I could just put myself in the middle of his presence, that God's military might will surround me and I will be safe. This is what we have to understand in the discipline of darkness, that we have to church, we have to trust In the name of the Lord. Amen? There's a lot more that I could do. I'm going to touch on them. And I'm going to finish them next week. But here's here's the rest of them. Faith that is born in the light is often developed in the dark. Some things are seen in the dark that cannot be seen in the light. And the last one, it is better to lean on God in the darkness than to stand alone in our man-made light. And that's what I'll close with. And I'll preach on that one next week. But I would much rather lean on God in the darkness than to trust in my man-made light. To trust in my man-made wisdom. To trust in my man-made intellect. To trust in my man-made prestige. You and I need to understand that the man-made light is only going to get you so far. It might get you up the hill. But it might go out before you go down the hill. It might get you up to the curve, but it won't get you through the curve. It might lead you to the pit, but it's not enough to get you through the pit. You see, your, your light and my light will only get us so far. Amen? So I would rather trust or lean on God than to rely on any man-made light. Amen? How many of you here tonight and you say... I'm through trusting in my man-made light. I'm through trusting in my own wisdom, my own knowledge, my own influence, my own power, my own prestige, whatever it is. I'm here to trust in God. Stand to your feet as we close tonight. This is just, this is our prayer. God, I want to learn the discipline of darkness. I want to learn the discipline of darkness. I want to learn how to act When darkness descends upon my life, when my cage is covered, either by the hand of God or even by the enemy, I want to be able to say, I will trust in you. Amen. That's what the discipline of darkness is all about.